This is Studio Insights, a Provost Studio podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Studio Insights, a podcast brought to you by Provost Studio. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the show. Today, we're talking a little bit about how the pandemic has affected timelines and production schedules and things along those lines, and what people do to keep things on track and the importance of planning and all of that sort of thing. So joining us for this episode of the show is... Stefan Koniars. He is the project manager, technical director, and design manager at Center Stage. Stefan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are thrilled to have you on. And we're going to talk about all of Stefan's titles here in just one moment. But we're also joined today by Peter Prevost. He's an associate AIA president and director of design at Prevost Studio. Peter, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Hey. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, Stefan, we introduced you and gave all three of your titles, project manager, technical director, design manager, all of the various things that you do. So break that down for us. What does that look like? Why do you have so many job titles and wear so many hats? Yeah, so uh, it, it's kind of exciting, right? Because we get to do so many different things, whether it's in a corporate live event or a, or a small studio, a large studio installation. And what those three titles give me, project management, well, I can oversee the whole project. I can budget the project for you. I can help you with those timelines and how we're, what needs to happen and when, right? And then technical director, I have the understanding and the knowledge of how a show goes together, whether it's live in front of a big audience or through the pandemic behind cameras. And so technical director means a bunch of different things. Technical director could be the guy who's making sure the lighting and the audio and the video and the scenery are all going in in the at, at the right time. Technical director is also the person who's punching the cameras behind the scene in a, in a proper broadcast studio. So understanding what needs to happen for the show, I can wear both of those hats. Design, well, everything has a design at some point. And just through, through my history and, and background, I've done a lot of design. I've seen a lot of design. I've worked for years with different folks, especially Prevost, to see designs through fabrication. And with that design process, as a person who's primarily in fabrication, that's where it kind of started, I get to, I have to make choices with the designer of what is going to work and what is not going to work. And so from a design manager standpoint, that is, I've got this beautiful piece in front of me. Now, how do I make this out of real materials, things that I can buy, things mm -hmm. that I can get today or tomorrow? And unfortunately, lately, things that I can get weeks from now because I can't get it in time. Simple things like plywood. So those are my multiple hats. <laughs> <laughs> So, Peter, tell me a little bit about when it comes to choosing partners and choosing who you work with, why it's valuable to work with someone like Stefan, who has so much experience and such a vast knowledge of the industry, right? Yeah, I think that, you know, like we were talking about before we came on, one of the things that I really appreciate about, appreciate about Stefan is his ability to wear multiple hats. And, you know, it's not it's not unusual for for us in our process to have something unexpected come up with these kinds of projects, which tend to be very quick projects that tend to be obviously design build. Everybody's got to do a bunch of different things. And it really is refreshing to kind of work with people that are versatile. And, um, you know, as a theme, actually picking up on our last podcast about, you know, how do we go about 
you know, picking our or selecting people that we work with and what is the biggest concern. And for me, it's always the unknown, right? And so I think that dealing with the unknown, there's a bunch of different things that you can look at in terms of selecting or why you'd select partners, but being versatile and having the ability of people that are in charge of the project on either the fabrication side or the AV installation side, to be able to have those people that can do multiple things that when you're on site can answer certain things that may be not directly focused on a project manager, but because he's got that technical direction expertise is able to fill in the blanks pretty seamlessly on site. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I think for me, one of the important parts of, you know, considerations when we start to look at who, who we really feel is the best for the job that we're, you know, pursuing. So, Stefan, you mentioned earlier just the, the, the struggles at times of getting materials, getting things that you need. So from a broad sense, how has the pandemic had an impact on timelines and schedules of studio projects and things along those lines? Well, you know, it, it, it has the pandemic has changed a lot. We all know that it's changed uh, how we visualize things, how we handle things uh, in public and private and through the different business sectors in terms of getting a project from point A to point B, start to finish, We what we've learned is we have to be realistic about the timeline. And getting materials is not necessarily easy. If you want materials faster, it drives budget up. If you want to deal with a little bit of lag, you can uh, get those materials in a, in a timely fashion, be it a week, two weeks. In recent projects, we've is seen simple thing, what we would consider a regular item like laminates, uh, six-week lead time. Uh, a recent project uh, that Peter and I had the opportunity to work together on, the recording devices, the recorders themselves, nowhere yeah. to be found, Back huge nationwide backups on, on the product. It, it, what, what it does is it just makes your life right at close for the transaction it makes it really hard because you don't know the unknown. You don't know if that back order is really going to release. Everybody says it's going to, but is it actually going to happen? Where, where it's great for, for me and for us and the people that I work with is that we do both installation and we do temporary events, live corporate events. So, where I didn't, where if I'm doing a studio installation and I need to get them off the ground because they've got a recording coming up, I can do that. I can make that happen, right? And that's, and it's knowing where that equipment is because if we don't have it, who can I call that does have it, right? And and I guess that goes into the project management and and how that works and what equipment will satisfy the job at that time to get the end client off off the ground and, and running. You know, recorders was was a big thing uh, on a recent project, yeah. but there's a uh, you know, if it's plywood, plywood was a challenge at some point. It's coming down now. The price is still high, but uh, at least we can get it within a week. Yeah, I mean, that's the tricky thing, right? I mean, when we started last year with a pandemic, as an example, like acrylic, getting acrylic was tough or a specific type of acrylic. Now, again, it all changes on a you know monthly basis or a quarterly basis. Now we're having issues with even orders that we've placed and paid for relative to specific light fixture components, whatever it would be. Like 
literally the manufacturers canceled the order. Like that never happens. And I won't say never, but it's very unusual for you to to have, you know, a contract, you know, deposits paid, waiting for products to to arrive and they're saying, well, it's not that it's not going to ship, it's that we don't even know when it's going to ship. And so again, it goes back to my um theme of dealing with having partners on board that have the ability to deal with the unknown is even, you know, more important these days. So, so Peter, does this put added pressure on the early, early stages of planning? And, and I, I think we've touched on this on every podcast, but does this even yeah. maybe exaggerate how important it is to bring Provo in as early as possible in the process? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think if anything, it puts more pressure on the project type, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, a large infrastructure project like we're dealing, like we're dealing with either the one on the West Coast or the one in um, in the Carolinas, for instance. That project is 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 a two year project, right? And so we're we're dealing with recommendations and product specifications for infrastructure, which we kind of have the wiggle room, right? Or theoretically. It's the projects that are like the shorter projects, like a webcast studio or a podcast studio that wants to go in in 90 days, right? Those are the projects where typically you'd be able to call, you know, I'd be able to call Stefan and say, hey, Stefan, we've got this project. Client wants to, you know, get it designed, built, installed, and on air in 90 days. If we use this, 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 and this, what do you think? And, you know, on a on a good day, pre-COVID, Stefan would be like, yeah, it's tight. As long as we qualify it and get everybody on the same page in terms of what our assumptions are, we should be good. Those projects today are much more like we've got to, we've got to make sure everybody knows what our expectations are, both from a schedule and a budget perspective, or else we all get kind of disappointed in a way. So... Yeah, Stefan, do you want to comment on that um, that coordination that has to happen early then? Kind of what yeah. Peter is talking about, just about the importance of that. Yeah, I mean, what we oftentimes find is is we'll go into these, what would have been a 90-day turnaround project, and you, and you get into it uh, with the client and, and say, okay, so great. So we, we want the studio and we have a small backdrop that we're going to put up and we'll, we'll build that. And um, we've got this equipment. And then once you start talking to them, all of a sudden the, the idea starts spinning. Right. And it's it's important to have all the players in place when those ideas start spinning, because that's really where it counts. Right. What can I get? What can't I get? Yeah, so Stefan can squish it. No. So, <laughs> so, you know, it, it's it's making sure that we can deliver whatever the client wants in the end. And and it's great. I, yeah, I really enjoy that part of the process, except all of a sudden we come up with bigger or a, a bigger project or it starts to go from this small webcast studio to a, a bigger studio. Yeah. And, you know, Peter talked about the assumptions that, that are made and trying to make sure those assumptions are, are in line. And, you know, a, as they do in, in conversations, you start talking about the assumptions and, well, you could do this or you could do that. And, and we all do that. And you just, Everyone has to be in control. And, and I think from a project management standpoint, that's that's what's key, you know, and understanding, oh, yeah, we could do that. But how can we do that? Because I can't get that piece of equipment for six months. 
you know, we, I, I think we're very fortunate in that we can find components that work and do the same thing. Maybe they cost a little more, maybe they cost a little less, you know, depending and, you know, make it work and, and make it excellent for the client and make what they have look good in the terms of a video studio, make it look good online, social media or on TV. So I think that I think what Stefan's talking about is is kind of a good illustration of the beauty of or the power of the design build, right? So oftentimes our process is kind of broken up into two phases. Oftentimes a pro, uh, a client doesn't know they know what they need, but they don't they don't know enough, or we don't know enough as designers to to say, okay, here's the scope, here's the price, and it's done. So often we we structure the projects as a phase one, which is kind of like a concept design scope definition phase, which is what we call it. We get in a room, figure out what all the parameters of the project are as it relates to design, schedule, budget, and then we'll submit a final uh, proposal for phase two, which basically says, okay, here's the scope, here's the here's the schedule, here's the design, here's your all in number. As long as it you know aligns with your expectations, we get approved to phase two. So the challenge is that if we didn't, given that process, if we didn't have like Stefan or somebody there from from a, a design and fabrication perspective, both scenic and AV and lighting, actually, as a designer, like I know enough to know what the comps are, but until you have a, a partner there on board in real time to say. And again, I'm I'm the designer, right? So we're gonna say, oh, client, it would be great if it was, you know, not this, but it's not this, but this. And while we have a part, when we have a partner in the room that can, in real time, say, yeah, 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 that we can we can make that work given what our assumptions are, or well, okay, maybe it's not this big, maybe it's somewhere in between this and this. And that's that's again, that's the advantage of design build delivery model. Which again, as you can imagine, with a ninety-day project, it's like, <laughs> I mean, you can not do it, but it just it it makes more sense, at least for me. Less, I think it provides the client more value in the end, getting those tight tight turnaround projects delivered on time and on budget and good work. I mean, that's and good work. Yes, that, that's the idea. Yeah. So, Stefan, is there something that you would want? maybe clients or customers to know then about the challenges of working kind of around what the pandemic has presented, these current uh, conditions and this current climate. What is it that you would want clients and customers to, to know and understand about the things that you're navigating and that you're doing on a regular basis? Well, I think what what they should know is that the, the pandemic has changed a lot of things, as we all know, but they've definitely taken those challenges and turned them into excellent opportunities. The idea that you can, um, we can do a presentation for 20,000 people out of a room in your office building is pretty amazing, right? The fact that you can record this on your own or use other production companies' assistance to come into your studio and, and record it. You don't have to pay for that reoccurring cost of the, the rental of the equipment and set up someplace to, to do it. And I think that's, that's a new opportunity that some companies have jumped on. I mean, Peter, would you agree? Yeah, yeah. And it, and it also has made clients more tolerant of, or yeah, maybe more tolerant of unknowns relative to the process, right? So mm -hmm. 
it's 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 allowed us to kind of or clients to rethink the actual venue, right? It doesn't have to be a physical venue that we do. I mean, it can be virtual and quite honestly, de- depending on what the content is, is probably even more effective relative to, you know, getting your message across. But then from a from a deliverables perspective in terms of schedule, dealing with the unknowns, it's it's helped with that as well. Excellent stuff, guys. Excellent stuff. As we start to wrap up our conversation here today, it's been really informative and, and a really fun one to have. And I've really gotten to, I've really enjoyed getting to learn a little bit more about Stefan and his role in these projects. Stefan, do you have any final thoughts, anything you want to leave listeners with here today, just on your role and the, the part that you play in these projects? Uh, yeah, sure. So the, the, the idea that someone can have a plan to present an opportunity on social media or online. That's a, that's a great idea to have. But how to make that look good and make it look good for your brand, that's what I think I can help with, Peter can help with, and what what's going to change the future is being able to have these high-quality uh, presentations that you make out of your office, out of your home, wherever that happens to be, and and be able to do it uh, in the most budget and, and time-effective way that you can. Peter, final thoughts, uh, things you want to leave the audience with? I think that we're still, as it relates to design, from a design perspective and a client need perspective, I think we're still in the infancy of like, trying to figure all of this out, right? Like technically, how to make it work, how, you know, what to do, what not to do. But I think at some point we're going to reach, and I, I think we have with Zoom where, everybody's comfortable with the, the media interface, right? And mm-hmm. so then it's, it's going to start to shift, which we already have. It's like, okay, we can make this consistent. We can get the audio right. We can get the lighting right. We can get, you know, five people on a chat. At the end of the day, let's now start looking about looking at the environment and does the environment represent the quality or brand consistency that we want it across, you know, this new channel of communication. And I think at some point we're going to get to, yes, we can do this thing to like the finer nuances of, all right, are all of our broadcasts and all are all of our podcasts consistent relative to the look and feel of our brand across print, across, you know, advertising, across the web, across, you know, video channels. And that's like super exciting for me, because that's the opportunity, right? Not only this whole XR, AR thing, but, you know, podcast, webcast as a a, a smaller video production is, you know, the future of how brands are communicating. So... It's an excellent point. Excellent points made by both of you here on the podcast today. Stefan Coniars and Peter Pravo. Guys, thank you so much for joining us here for another episode of Studio Insights and uh, sharing your expertise and knowledge with us. Thank you. Absolutely. And everyone, thank you for tuning into another episode of Studio Insights. Make sure to go subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to stay up to date with the latest episodes. And stay tuned. We'll be back soon with another episode of the show. But for this one, for my guests, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for joining us. Thanks.